First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 723 of First Class Fatherhood. I am happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for stopping by. Gary John Bishop joins me on the podcast today. Gary is a leading personal development expert and author of the million-dollar New York Times bestselling book, Unf Yourself. He's also well-known for his books, Stop Doing That Shit, Do the Work, Wise as F, And his books have helped millions break free from self-sabotaging behaviors in everyday lives, relationships, and careers. Any of you dads out there that read Gary John Bishop know he gives a a no-nonsense approach to his advice. He takes an in-your-face, no-BS-style approach to his self-help books. And he's got another banger out right now that is released this week. Grow up, becoming the parent your kids deserve. All you dads out there could definitely benefit from it. As I said, Gary John Bishop, he's really got a, uh, he doesn't pull any punches when giving his parenting advice or any type of advice as he has over the years with his personal development. It's an honor to have him on the podcast today. You guys are for a real treat. Gary John Bishop is going to be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Gary John Bishop was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So you're going to watch today's conversation. Please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, guys, and I have a guest announcement for next week. Ian Ziering will be joining me here on First Class Fatherhood, obviously very well known for playing Steve Sanders in the smash hit back in the 90s, Beverly Hills 90210, went on to become very well known for Sharknado, which became like a cult class, cult cult following. Uh, Sharknado's really taken off, so Ian Ziering will be here with me. I'm really looking forward to that. Please make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. You guys know that football is back. Hockey's going to be starting soon. Same with basketball. If you're looking to buy your tickets, you got to save money. Today's economy, it's tight. The inflation's killing so many people. Every dollar counts. Buy your sporting tickets on SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and plug in the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and save $20 on your tickets. All right, so let's do this. As always, please help me spread the word about today's podcast every father in your neighborhood or your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it. Every day is Father's Day right here on the podcast. And here goes my interview straight up with Gary John Bishop on First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Gary John Bishop. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Alec. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. Let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Uh, I have three kids. My youngest is nine. Uh, My oldest is 18, which even every time I say it, it blows my mind. But yeah, he's 18. Yeah, I got four. My oldest is 17, just started his senior year in high school yesterday. So it's uh, amazing how how quick uh, what they say is true, that it goes fast. And I'm seeing that now. So uh, if you could, Gary, please just take a second to hit my audience with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, so um, I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I've sold millions of books all over the world. My field is personal growth, personal development. I've been in that field for nigh on 20 years now. And um, it's a, if it's the first time you've ever heard me, you'll notice I've got a couple of accents. So I've got this half 
Sean Connery, half Dolly Parton thing going on. Um, but I've lived in the United States for 28 years now. And, uh, you know, transforming lives is my passion. That's what I'm out to do. I'm out to empower people and make a difference for people and, and have people produce results that perhaps they never thought were possible for them. Yeah, nothing more honorable than that, Gary, right? What was it, Zig Ziglar, that said, uh, if you want to get everything you want, in order to get everything you want, just help enough people get what they want, right? Something like that. I know he was big on that. Help enough people get what they want, you can have everything that you want. So it's a it's an honorable thing to do. I love the personal development field. Uh, so along this journey, 28 years in the States, kid now 18 years old is your oldest. How did Take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey. How did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Um. Well, you know, I was kind of late to the game, you know, um, you know, I hadn't really, my wife and I were married um, in 1996. And, um, you know, it was kind of like, it's kind of like this strange time in both our lives. We were just so busy being young and having a great time and hanging out and doing things together and blah, 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 blah. We never really looked at the whole family thing. And, uh, you know, we'd been married like eight years down the line. It was like, maybe we should... You know, maybe this is our time. And um, I'll never forget, actually, the first time first time my wife got pregnant, actually, she had a miscarriage shortly after. But at that time when she announced it to me, it was so, like, I was not expecting. It took the legs away from me, literally took the legs away from me. Like, I went weak at the knee. Um, and I had to get down on the ground. Like, I was, I was, like, rattled, you know. So she got pregnant again, though. So by this time... You know, I'm kind of up for it. And I'm like, all right, I know, this is good. And, um, I, you know, those early days of, of uh, my oldest son's life, you know, were the most empowering, the most radical. the most, And I really felt like my experience of myself at that time was that I felt as if I was ready for this, you know. And, and it was super challenging, you know, um, which is kind of why I wrote the book, um, because, it doesn't matter what you think you know, and it doesn't matter how prepared you think you are. It's not a game you're ready for. And you know, you got to be ready to dance, you know, because there's really there's a lot of the things that you throw out the window. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. Now, I tell, you mentioned the book. You're obviously, New York Times bestselling author. You got the new book, Grow Up, Become the Parents your kids deserve what separates uh tell me about the book and what separates this book from the typical uh advice parenting book that you could pick up yeah so i really don't i didn't want to do that i didn't want to do an advice book um i think there's enough of that out there um and i don't think it it makes the difference that people want it to make because um you're still dealing with a person and so when 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 people parent they're coming from a certain place. And that's the thing that I wanted to get to. I wanted to get to what is that place you're coming from? Like, what's wh what are your biases? What are the things you're leaning into? And more often than not, most of the time, the vast majority of the time, people are leaning into their own childhood, which might not have been great. And so... How do you free yourself up from that to authentically parent in a new way? That's what grabbed my attention to write this book.
Yeah, and Gary, I, I think it's true that so many people, especially when you become, you know, a dad, like I'm married now 18 years, we have four kids. I'm not the same person I was when I met my wife. And it's, uh, there's a a drastic difference between who I am now and who I was. And I think uh, part of the struggle, even for me, was holding on to the person that I used to be and staying in that mindset, staying in that, um, you know, that, that, that wanting to be holding on to that person that I was and being afraid to kind of let go of that and develop and change and, and move forward. And I think that's kind of tricky, especially when you become, uh, you know, a parent at a young age. And we're seeing a lot now. So many people in our country, uh, especially the young men in this country, are afraid of getting married having kids, starting a family because they feel like they're going to lose that part of themselves and they don't want to have to, in a sense, like you say in the book here, grow up. Yeah, you can't, you can't, I mean, look, there's two ways that people parent, okay? There's only two ways. You're either going to parent the way you were parented or the opposite of that. But ultimately, it's still based on the same thing. It's still based on the way you were parented. And so, I think what many people get into, if they if they had a crummy childhood, the prospect of being a parent is like, no, I'm not doing it, right? It's too overwhelming. Um, and it's hard to shake that. But but there is there's a transformation that has to happen for all of us, right? When you become a parent. And and it's amazing how willing you are when it happens, as opposed to maybe how unwilling you might have been beforehand. Um, becoming a parent was, was for me anyway, like the first time I'd ever really looked at the world selflessly. Like it's not about me, right? Thank God. It's not about me anymore. Um, and I could really give myself fully to becoming a better person um, and to functioning in a way that was different from perhaps the way I would have functioned when I was 22, 23, 24. You know, it was, it was, it was a thing that I was ready for the change, even though I didn't quite know what the change was going to be yet. And that's why I come back to that thing about you got to be ready to dance because the unexpected is coming. But but the other thing that I would offer people is it's amazing. It's radical. It's wild. You know, it's it's you, you get this appreciation for people who have done it before you. You know, you start to see like, ah, oh, now. I get it, right? When I was 19, I didn't get it. But now that I'm 33 or 35 and seeing it through those eyes, you know, like there's a there's a level level of vulnerability, a level of exposure, um, a level of panic and anxiety. Right? So I'm not going to lie about that. And it's it's not all sweetness and light. But it, but it is life affirming, and it's a responsibility that comes. But it's not burdensome. It's the kind of responsibility that you rejoice in, you grow in, you develop in. Yeah, and, and you know what you say there too. Like I kind of, I, I definitely felt that. And you know, I bring a lot of military dads on, and the military guys have that like service before self mentality. And the first time I ever got a, a whiff of what that truly meant was was by becoming a father. But you know, Gary, we have so many kids in this country that are growing up without a father, that don't have a father or a father figure in the home. So they grow up and they don't have anybody to model that after their only experience comes from sometimes they, like I always say, sometimes they'll find it in a coach or a teacher or maybe in the military, but uh, sometimes they find it in the street or they find it with somebody else in a similar situation. And when they don't have uh, that father figure to mimic or to go against, do the opposite, what do they do? They're completely lost. And I think that's creating a lot of the havoc that we're seeing in our country. 
Well, you know, the interesting thing for me is, <clears throat> you know, when, when a parent has no power, the only thing they've got is force. So when there's no power, they've, all they've got is force. They can only force. Force won't get this job done. Force might help you build a, a deck on the back of your, your house, but it won't, it won't help you raise a daughter or raise a son. Um, in fact, you'll, it'll, it'll go the opposite of the way that you think it might go. And so, so a big part of writing this book was for people to reconcile their childhood, right? And I mean people who maybe didn't even know their parents or their parents were abusive. Or, And so that's a big chunk at the start of this book. That's why I say you don't even necessarily need to be a parent yet to read this book because there's a lot in it that is going to be valuable for you as a human being. And so the one of the components that I really took a deep dive into was um, diving into this thing called blame. And, you know, blame pay, plays an everyday part in our lives. Um, but but, it, but it actually, we use it to kind of, we don't, we don't overtly blame in our life. We don't walk around, like, you know, blame this and I blame my father and I blame my mom and I blame my childhood. We don't do that. It's kind of murking in the background. You know, it's kind of lurking back there in the murkiness. It's in the darkness. You know, it's not quite. But we explain how we are now. Right. In terms of whatever that was. And so in this book, I really take a deep dive into it and help people deconstruct all of that. Like how to take all that apart so that you're not as constrained by it and not as as, as maybe boxed in by it. And again, that includes the people who maybe never knew their mom, maybe never knew their dad, maybe never were, were never parented by their by their birth parents. Um, for people to start to see like there's a way for you to get to some kind of authentic foundation, one of your own volition. And one of the big things I did want people to get out of this book is you're not supposed to have all this worked out. You can relax, right? You can right back off the anxiety of that, right? You're not supposed to have this worked out. And in fact, sometimes just acknowledging that, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, that gives you a little bit of space, like, okay. I don't know what I'm doing, right? Rather than like, I should know what I'm doing and I don't want to screw this up and, you know, like all of that stuff. So this this is a, I think this is a very valuable book for people who are deep into the world of being a parent or planning on becoming one at some point in their future. Yeah, and Gary, I do think it does help to look around and be able to see people in your situation and to know that you're not alone. You're not the only one that's going through this. And then you see people have success. And if they can do it, uh, then certainly you can do it and grow up become the parents your kids deserve. The link is in the description, but it's definitely so needed right now. And, and you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict and the whole bit. And I, I, when you talk about blame, like I, I blamed everybody and everything except myself. And once I finally put myself on that blame list, all of a sudden the whole world started to open up and opportunities for me to become sober, become better, started to really align with me in my life. But what well, one thing is definitely uh, a challenging as the kids get older, as I said, my, my oldest now 17, youngest is nine. My discipline structure is different. My, my youngest is my only girl as well. So my whole discipline, uh, I'm constantly learning and changing the way that I discipline my kids because each one seems to respond to discipline in a different way. Uh, what about yourself there? What, what type of disciplinarian are you as the dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Yeah, very much. It's very different um, because I do what's going to work with my kids, right? So um, I don't have a lot of rules, but the ones that I do have, we their rules right and and um we stick by them that we don't move them they don't move for anybody or anything um you know and i've been asked this question before 
it's it's not really it's not critical what the rules are. It's that they're there, right? And and sometimes what we do is parents, sometimes the rules don't suit us. So we'll bend a little, like, oh, you know, it's been a tough day. I really can't be annoyed with this right now. Whereas, you know, when it comes to, you know, my family, the rules are there and I'm and I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm gonna make sure that they're there all the time. You know, as an example, a big thing for me is no lying, right? So you don't lie in my family. You're going to screw up. You're going to get things wrong. You're going to do things you wish you didn't do. That's right. And we're going to be transparent about that. And we're going to deal with it and deal with the consequences and 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 actually reward that transparency. So I don't, you know, like I'm not going to be like this big disciplinarian. My kids screw something up when they come to me about it and say, look, you know, I did something I shouldn't have done. And And then I'll be like, all right, so how do we resolve this? You tell me how we resolve this. That's a very different way from the way that I was that, that I was raised. Um, but I didn't look back there. I stopped looking back there for what I should or shouldn't do. There were good things in my childhood. There were bad things. But ultimately, none of that is going to serve my child for the life and the world that they're going to live into because I was raised to live a different life than the one they're going to have to do. So a lot of that kind of authenticity as a parent comes down to, you know, I, I I love a good negotiation with my children, even my nine-year-old. I'll negotiate it out with them until we work it out. And, and then they're empowered. You know, they actually feel like, all right, I got a say in this, you know, um, as limited as it might be, but it's still a say. Um, and I'm really proud of my 18-year-old now, the way he's turned out. He's responsible. He never looks around him for, you know, and he's forgiving and he's he's loving and he's got a big heart and he's determined and, you know, he has a lot of the components that we built in there, you know, from when he was a young, from when he was tiny. Well, I'll tell you, kids can be persuasive as well. You talk about negotiating. I try to do that with my nine-year-old. She'll be begging for an ice cream cone. I'll tell her no. 30 minutes later, she's licking on one. You know, they, they can be <laughs> uh, very persuasive. There's no doubt. And uh, grow up. Become the parents your kids deserve. Link is in the description down below. And trust building is something with my two teenage boys now that I have, 17 and 16, has been something I've been trying to develop because I do, as I said, I'm a recoverer from all this stuff. And I worry that if I can't get that trust with them on the little things, that I'm not going to have it there on the big things when they are faced in these situations with drugs, with alcohol, with dating, and the seriousness uh, that life really brings at us. And that's the kind of thing that... You know, uh, something that's difficult uh, of a parent to let go of, the, the driving a car, you know, going on, the, like these things that you, you're you so used to being able to control the environment that your kids are in. And now all of a sudden you're faced with like you, you're just on pins and needles. So many parents waiting at the door to their kids come home. And it's 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 hard to eliminate right. that fear and to just let go and allow, you know, life to take its course with these kids. Right. So that's a really important thing you're pointing to there, Alec, because... So much of our parenting is aimed at what we don't want to happen, right? So it's all aimed about, like, I don't want that. And, again, we look to the past. So we look to our own lives and say, well, I remember what I did. And I remember what I went through. And so sometimes you can be dealing with these little things. But in your brain, you're already all the way to the state penitentiary, right? With that little thing, you're like seeing it follow a pathway. You're like, oh no, no, this is a bad turn that I've really that I've really focused on. Again, my, all my sons, you know, is you know, I, I tell them straight, 
but I don't tell them in a way that diminishes them, but I'll let them know, like, you, you know, what I, what I do with them is I'll say, especially my older boy, my older boy is a big time soccer player. In fact, he's in Germany right now. He's training there. He's playing there. And, um, you know, he's, I'll say to him, you know, like when it comes to the subject of alcohol, you know, cause he's in Germany, it's legal. You can do what you want. I'll say, well, okay, fair enough. But you need to balance that out with the future that you're after. So you need to look for yourself. How does that line up? How do, you know, if you look at like the opportunity you've got and you look at like the window that you've got to maybe make something amazing happen in your life, he wants to be a pro soccer player. How much is consuming alcohol going to feed that? Is it going to, is it going to diminish it? And so all I do is lay the cards on the table, but you're right. There is a point where you have to kind of say the choice is yours, right? And, and you got to empower them and make good choices, and they won't always make them. They'll sometimes make crappy choices, right? But this is the one thing that I want my children to get. I know you're going to make a crappy choice, and the first person you should call is me because I'll help you work that out. I'm not going to leave you flying in the wind. There's no shame. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to support you. And I know you're going to get things wrong. How do I know? Because I did. I got things wrong. And I had to sort them out. If I can offer you little things from time to time, and I might do that, it's just so that you don't have to go through it. Some of the crap that I went through. But at the same time, you might make the wrong choice occasionally. And that is very challenging as a parent. Now, you know, there's no two ways about it. Your heart's on your sleeve. Um, you know, it's like, I think somebody said, it's like having somebody else walk around with your heart. Um, you know, it's it's a very confronting thing. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to the same thing. Are you going to empower them? Or are you going to try and control them? Or are you going to empower them and to, or try and control them? And empowering works way more way more often than trying to control. Because as you know, what when you're a young man or a young woman, you know, rebellion is very much on the cards. Well, Gary, that's exactly why I try to watch my reactions, you know, especially with my little ones now. And I did with my older ones. I try to watch my reactions with the small things because I, when they are in that situation where, you know, I want them to be able to pick up the phone and call me because they know I'm not going to react like a crazy man, you know? So I try to watch it with the little things that happen because if I'm overreacting on these tedious things, video game time or something that's really, you know, trivial, then how am I going to respond when they're like, oh, dad, this kid was doing coke and drove me home. You know, I, I, I want to be able to watch those reactions so that they're not afraid, you know, to call me in those times. It's the only thing you can really pray for as a parent that the first call they're going to make is to you. And then I think you, you feel like, okay, at least he reached out to me first, you know, and I, and I pray to God that that's what the relationship I'm developing with my kids and uh, grow up becoming the parents your kids deserve. The link is in the description down below. And what, what would you say, Gary, or, or like a lot of the common mistakes? What do you think is the most common mistakes that new parents, especially uh, that get into the game here, that become parents? What do you think are the common mistakes that they're making? I think one of the things that we do is we we pretty much convince ourselves, one, that we should get this perfect, right? That you, that you won't screw it up and you will screw it up. Um, and the screwing up, screwing it up is some kind of tragedy. It's not, okay? You can work your way through those things as a parent. Um, and then the other thing I think, you know, is is that ultimately you think you can shape them. And, you know, the latest in neuroscience will tell you your children aren't half you, half your spouse. Your children are your family and your spouse's family. 
So they're like a soup of all of those things with a lot of genetic predispositions, of course, but at the same time, a lot of nothingness, a lot of like just waiting, you know, to be blow your mind. You know, like one of the things that I talk about in the book is I say, everybody's traumatized. Now, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not traumatized. I was never, I never had a childhood like that. I say, because you don't understand trauma. Trauma is when life is going in a certain direction as a child. Something happens. It can be something major or something simple. And after that incident, you take a turn. That's a traumatic moment in a child's life. So even little things in a child's life, a child's life can shape them in ways that you can't even see, right? And, and you won't have a say in it, right? So one of the things that I talked about in my first book was the internal mechanism, the internal dialogue that we all have. And one of the overriding features of mine is I'm not smart enough. Now, nobody told me that. My parents never told me that. They never said, you're not smart enough. No, that was something that I concluded in an earlier time in my life when I was faced with a problem that I couldn't solve. And I ended up with that as like a recurring theme in my life. I'm not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. I wasn't saying it to myself all the time, but it was shaping the way that I interacted with life. There was nothing my parents could have done about that. So even if a parent would say to their kid, oh, no, no, you really are smart enough, and I'm going to encourage you. No, the die has been cast. So if you want to really empower your children, it's about learning to understand themselves internally. And again, I get into that in this book, but learning to understand what all of that is so that even if it does take a negative turn or rather when it does take a negative turn, they're empowered. They get the simplicity of it. They're not defined by it. And, and I think there was a one little, little piece that I would add to that would be there's a kind of arrogance of this generation where we believe like we're the only ones who can break who've ever tried to break a generational chain when every generation has tried to break a generational chain and failed and the failed because every change has been based on the last episode you have to see the chain over multi-generations to be able to see like oh that's how this plays out it wasn't given to you by your parents it was given to you by a thousand years ago, like conversations handed down about who sh people should be and who they shouldn't be and, and handed on in terms of like environment and circumstance. And then you mix in that little generational, you know, um, genetic soup. Then, yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing to interrupt until you understand what's going on in the background for all of us and all of our lives, your parents included, by the way. Yeah, and I, I love the approach here, Gary. Grow up becoming the parents your kids deserve. The link down there in the description. I, I What a powerful tool for so many, especially young parents that are just getting started. And, uh, you know, parents, we're, so many parents at every different stage. Some parents uh, struggle in them toddler years. Some struggle in the preteen years. Some struggle in the teen years. So we all struggle at different points. And I think this is a, a very powerful tool to get in their hands as many parents as possible. I love what you're doing. Uh, what, what is next for you here? I know the new book out now. Uh, grow up. What are you working on now? What's next for you? What's coming up? Well, you know, like one of the things that I've come to in my life is, you know, like actually being a parent comes first. So everything that I do comes second to that. So, you know, if I've got a speaking engagement somewhere, I'm not going if it's getting in the way of what I'm doing with my boys or my wife. Um, you know, it's my 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 
parenting and being a husband is is in the middle of everything that I do. So um, after this book comes out, I've been cracking on with the next one. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about, though, is people realizing their dreams and how to bring back that sense of imagination into our lives, which we had when we were children. But as we get older, we get a little more hardened and it gets a little bit more difficult to imagine yourself being outside of whatever life you've gotten yourself into. So I'm really and I'm tapped back in that that sense of vitality and what's possible and and people reaching for things no matter where they are in life if you're in your twenties or thirties with with living a remarkable life because that's available to every single one of us. Yeah, I think it was Jim Rohn said uh, imagination mixed with faith. I know uh, it goes a long way. So I, I I would love to see the next book that you do work on uh, that dives into that. This one right now, grow up. Becoming the Parents Your Kids Deserve is available right now. Link is down in the description below. Uh, Gary, what would you say? I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast here. Last thing I'll hit you with, uh, what advice do you have for that brand new dad that's out there or for the about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um, learn and love the time you're in. Um, there is no later. And, um, you know, these moments are, my gosh, it's so cliche, but they're so precious, you know. Like that smell, you know, holding that kid. There's one thing that struck me. Um, somebody said, there is a time, there'll be a last day that you'll hold your child in your arms. And then they'll walk and you'll never hold them up in your arms like that ever again. And that stuck with me. I was like, wow, like I got to I gotta milk these moments. And even the crummy moments, I'm going to milk them. The crummy nights where I'm not sleeping, the crummy nights where money's tight, like... I'm going to soak all of that out because it's all temporary and, and I want to get all of it. The good, the bad, the indifferent, I want it all. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. There's been a lot of fun for me. Gary John Bishop, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here at First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, Alec. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.